ask you this question. What or who am I living for? What or who am I living for? As you, you would see a common theme if you talk to many of the youth that went this week, and they, they will all say, man, it was so powerful to see God just moving throughout the lives of people. It was so powerful to see, you know, people rededicate their lives and come together in a small group setting as our lives intersect with one another and grow together. And I just got to think about that this morning as I hear every. It doesn't have to be a camp for us to do that. It can be everyday life. And the, and the verses that, that, it's funny, Tracy, what God laid on your heart to share was the exact same verses that I wanted to, to discuss this morning. And it, it's found in James chapter 4, verses 13 through 17. I'm going to read it here in a second. But understand, this week, we gained a ton of biblical truth this week. We went through the entire book of James in a week. And he's right. It's a book about being a doer of the word, not just a hearer of the word. We learned about trials, temptation. We learned about how not to show favoritism. You know, these are things that we don't always think about, but we just do day in and day out. But when we get in God's word and it begins to shape and mold us, then we quickly realize how off the path we are in our walk. And that's why it's so important that we're in his word. We learned about wisdom and how our tongue can be so destructive. I see this in churches and, and even maybe on your jobs or in, in youth groups. We can be so destructive in how we use our tongue towards others. We also learn how to pray properly and not selfishly. And that our life is a vapor and we can't neglect what we should do. See, these are the things we learned this week, but I want to read real quick in chapter 4, verses 13 through 17, because I find that many of us maybe live our lives this way. Listen, it says, come now, you who say today or tomorrow, you will go into such and such a town and spend a year there and trade and make a profit. Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will do, live here, do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. So whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to, not to do it, for him it is sin. So I want us to think about that this morning. And he, see, here the problem, here's the problem that lies in these verses. The problem is, is the people James was talking to in Jerusalem, the Jerusalem church, the Jewish Christians, they were living as though God didn't exist in their decision making. They would just say, hey, you know what? A little trial comes in my life. I'm leaving this church. I'm out of here. They didn't cons that, that, that's the attitude they had. They didn't consult God on that decision. They say, you know what? 
I'm going to go here in a year and I'm going to do this. I'm going to, it wasn't the fact that, that making a profit's bad or strategizing is bad, but what the problem was is they didn't include God in on their strategy and on in their life. We do that on a regular basis. We want to shift here, shift there, move here, move there. In light of these, these kinds of decisions that we make, we need to be praying about these things because if we don't and we don't consult God, we're out of the will of God. We're putting ourselves in place of God and making these decisions day in and day out. And notice what it said. It said, James gives us a glimpse of what eternity is going to be or what eternity feels like. Listen to what it says. It says, what is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. A mist. I asked Jody to put a picture up on the screen. So on the left was Bailey and Logan. I didn't tell y'all I was going to do this, so sorry. I hope you like the picture. On the left, probably maybe two, three years old. On the right was a picture of recent this year. You see, the time between those events seems as an instant. Here today, gone tomorrow. What or who are you living for, church? Because just because our life is a mist doesn't mean it doesn't matter. Our life matters. The decisions we make matter. Where we go, the, de- the deciding factor of where we live, where we go to church, where we're serving, the people we intersect with, these things matter. They matter. But we need to understand that time is short. So don't live your life, as James saying, saying, I'm going to go here, I'm going to go there, I'm going to do this. Do you hear the prob- problem with that? Is everything has to do with I. We're selfish people by nature. We need to get in God's word and understand what it's teaching us. And as for these young people, they've got some big decisions to make. And this week was a good model for them. They were able to come together in a small group setting. They were able to, for us to be unified together as believers in Christ. That is what we should be doing every week. Everywhere we go, we're modeling the the life of a true believer to these young people. That's making an investment into them. But when we walk around and just scurry the earth and make our decisions and we just jump here, jump there, we can't be committed to anything, that's a problem. And and Tracy hit the nail on the head. It's, It's not like when we think of sin, we think of this is wrong, this is wrong, this is wrong. But we don't think about the sin of neglect, do we? Neglecting the things that God tells us to do is sin, church. We need to understand that. So what's the solution? You see, the church had forgotten God in their decisions. They were living as though he didn't exist. So the solution is, because they've forgotten him, the solution is is to remember him. Remember, it says, instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. 
Now, don't make that, if the Lord wills, inappropriate. For example, if my son comes up and says, hey, Dad, I'm going to cut the grass today, if the Lord wills. I'm going to say, no, son, I'm pretty sure it's the Lord's will. You better get your tail out there and cut the grass. Or Bailey, hey, Dad, I'll, I'll wash the dishes, if the Lord wills. We, we can get so silly sometimes in the way we interpret Scripture But what James is encouraging here is a heart posture that has God at the forefront of all that you do. We have to remember God at the forefront. We need to remember that he is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Do you hear me, church? He is sovereignly working in your life. We need to remember that. We didn't remember this week. We, we talked to these kids about the fact that Jesus was crucified. He was buried. He was resurrected. We need to remember these things. And we need to remember that he can be trusted with your job. This week, I, I, mean, I don't know about you men in here and women that work, but your job can be such a pull. This week, it was all I could do. It was funny. Me and Ryan Lowe, we would kind of go hide out in our room checking emails and and trying to feel like we've got to be engaged. And, and there's nothing wrong with working hard and these kind of things. But we cannot let work become our God. I've been guilty of that. 100% guilty of that in my life. Because what happens is, is the things that we focus on begin to own us. And it begins to control who we are. And how we live out our lives. And we forget. But we need to remember that he can be trusted with our job. Our kids, our finances, whatever else that may cause us anxiety. He can be trusted with those things. And I want, you to, I want to leave you with just four things that is just some practical things that can help us live this life that we are called to live. The first is scripture intake. We need to be in God's Word, period. I don't know if you've heard it said, but those people who hear God best know His Word the most. We need to be in the Word of God. As a faith family in this church, if you have not opened your Bible in the last week, don't let another week go by. Get into a study. There's so much information out there and so many pathways to to study scripture but yet we just we don't remember that God wants a relationship with us and wants that for us prayer is a second listen to what Samuel Chadwick I think I'm pronouncing that right who was a pastor of the late 19th and 20th century listen to this right here this is powerful guys it says the one concern of the devil is to keep saints from prayer he fears nothing. The devil, devil fears, fears nothing when from prayerless studies, prayerless work, prayerless religion, he laughs at our toil, mocks our wisdom, but trembles when we pray. Prayer turns ordinary mortals into men of power. It brings fire, prayer does. It brings rain. It brings life. It brings God. There is no power like that of a prevailing prayer. The third is rest. As I said before, our lives will be just 
controlled by the world and all that's in it, all that's pulling us to, if we'll let it. We need to stop and reflect on Christ. And we need, sometimes we'll get up in the morning, we'll do good, we'll say a quick prayer, we might do a little devotional, but then throughout the rest of the day, we'll never think of God again. And as I said before, people in our lives are going to be intersecting with us, and that is a moment that we don't have to wait for camp to share Christ. We do it right then. God's orchestrating all these things, and we're too blind to see it. And then fourthly, listen to this, community. And then I'm finished, community. We remember him through our submission to other believers. We see other Christians as a means of grace in our lives. Because, listen, there's going to be times when things aren't going like maybe we can quite understand. But let me, t- let me give you two verses. Proverbs 12, 15 says this. The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man listens to advice. Proverbs 15, 22 says, without counsel, plans fail. But with many advisors, they succeed. If you've got a big decision that's facing you and you're unsure what to do, you better not get ahead of God on it, I'm telling you. Because you could ha- we're going to impact somebody's life one way or the other, whether it be negative or positive in light of Christ. You better not run ahead of God on that decision and do like what he, James is saying not to do. That's a warning for you this morning. Because, see, the bad news is we are blind to our sin. But the worst news is when we are blind to our blindness. You see, we need other people to see things sometimes in our lives we simply cannot see. And that only happens when we get close to people. That only happens when we create an environment like what we had this week at camp. It's not about one hour a week coming together. It's about a life lived together as brothers and sisters in Christ. So that people can come to know him. There were people that came to know the Lord that had been in the youth for a while. I look at that and I go, man, was that because I put more effort into camp than I do my everyday life? Did I have a, a problem or was I living my life that the way I shouldn't have been living it and it delayed maybe God using me to speak to some of these kids that need someone to speak to them about Christ? We need to constantly be evaluating ourselves each and every day. As the band comes up and gets ready to do the invitational, if y'all stand with me and bow your head, close your eyes.